Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. It is Thursday, June 15th. So sorry. Should I, I start it over again? No. I just burped a little too. Did you really? We both had, but you couldn't hear it. Um, welcome in. I'll save a larger announcement, even though this person has made it um, already online. Maybe you've seen that. If not, I'll save it. I'll let this person um, make the announcement when they can uh, get to the podcast. I was reticent, was hesitant to let this person hop on the podcast last week as things were not finalized and I didn't want to make things more awkward than we already are awkward. <laughs> so for I'll, yourself. I'll, I'll save that. You're, you're awkward. I'm not awkward. Why don't you tell the story about Sonny from last night? That's awkward. Um, (laughs) That wasn't my fault. Let me introduce uh, Miss Alexandria Thomas Holland with another hyphen. After the Holland comes homeowner. Homeowner. Extra, extra emphasis on the homeowner. I put the ho in homeowner. Yes, you do. And I'm so excited about it. What do you want to tell us? I... So first of all, my like irrational fears that something was, so I didn't remember when I got an offer accepted and I didn't even want to talk about it on the pod, but I, we did. Um, it's because I felt like the other shoe was going to drop. Something was going to happen. I started looking for homes in 2020. It's 2023, right? A mess. Um, but we made it. I'm a homeowner. We closed on Monday and um, we don't take possession for a couple more weeks, which is fine. That was an agreement between us and the sellers. Um, but I'm so excited. I can finally feel my excitement. And I would—I tried really hard not to allow myself, which I rarely ever, like I, I always, any mental work I do not to get excited, not to, you know, I'm, I always lose those battles. And I did it this time. I didn't get excited because I really felt I was really concerned. And in fact, it everything almost got derailed when I texted you this morning because I can't believe I forgot to tell you that on Monday. Um, but I'm, we're homeowners. I'm so excited. I, and now I'm just fighting the female urge to create DIY projects in every room um, and decorate everything in every room because that's what I love to do. But I'm broke, so can't do it anyway. Are you are you the type of person that you're going to want to get everything done within seconds? Or, or have you realized, have you mapped out, like, this is the vision for this room, and then we'll do this. Are there phases of this that you've mapped out in your head? I'm, or do you just want the finished product on August 18th? I'm definitely going to try to go room by room and not all at once. But I'm going to take advantage where I can. So I'm not against like thrifting a dining table and upcycling it compared to paying $600 for a dining set. I don't like I am not against doing that and I likely will. So there's things that I'll be able to do without going room by room. But we we quite literally have nothing like we've been in a one bedroom and we're not keeping our couch because um, between the cat scratching it and Thomas plopping on it, it's broken. So we're getting rid of our couch. So we're, we're really coming to this home with nothing but a bed and a mattress, like a bed frame, a box spring and a mattress and clothes and pots and pans that literally that's it. And I kind of love that, though. So there's a lot to do. We don't we have two living rooms that I would like to occupy both of them, the living room downstairs and the living room upstairs. We have three bedrooms and we don't have a guest bed yet. And we don't have a dining table yet. And the downstairs is big enough for a living room and a dining table for like games or whatever. Um, we could probably even put a. Do you play pool? No. Okay, you wouldn't play pool if you came to my house, huh? Mm-mm. So there's so many. There's room for a gym downstairs. So we kind of want to add a little something in there. I already have a treadmill. <laughs> like, to hang stuff on. Yeah, no. So there's, I don't even have utility shelves for like my Christmas decorations. There's so many things I don't have. I have all these projects. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do it all at once because that will cost too much money and I can't be broke because I have a mortgage to pay for. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I, ha- I think one of my first projects before we even move in, we're going to paint the walls and refinish the floors. Um, and then we'll move in. And after that, I would like to lay flooring in the kitchen and in the bathroom and then create a patio space out back. So our yard needs some love, like needs some 
branch is taken down professionally, all of that. So I would like to be able to use it this year. The backyard area? Mm-hmm. I mean, the calendar's going to move fast. It's well, middle of June already. I feel like I'll be in there within a month. Yeah. Like within the next 30 days. So I should be able to, the and the, the patio shouldn't take a ton of time. I'll probably be upcycling outdoor furniture too. So if anyone's selling theirs, let me know. If uh, a couple of things, Belinda gave me boxes and boxes. I love I, Belinda. I, I I could build a a fort, not a fort, uh, a homeless city, um, with all the boxes. <laughs> that, and and it would be it, it would be like the uh, the Abu Dhabi uh, of 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 box cities because of how many boxes and. <laughs> Yeah, you're not even going to, you might need, from what you told me, you're going to need like four. Honestly, I don't, I mean, and we have a lot of junk in our house too. So I did just buy like a wagon that I can fill with stuff that we're not keeping and take it out to the dumpster. I mean, this isn't even stuff that no, anyone would want to have, if that makes any sense. Like Mm -hmm. ratty plastic wear and stuff that we started and didn't finish. Like, you know what I mean? This is all stuff that I don't think anybody's going to want to keep. Toss it. We need to toss it, but I bought a wagon so I could wheel it out compared to carrying everything to the dumpster. And um, Belinda and I were actually talking about this because she said the hard part is really the moving. And I said, see, now if it's anything like my wedding where I plan things so that I don't get anxious, that's starting now. So like little by little, I'm taking stuff out, moving stuff to where it needs to go for packing, planning all of that. Um so hopefully that should be okay. But I'm I'm super excited. I'm excited. If you get any people, if you need to get any people, uh-huh. like whoever needs to tend to the backyard, you might want to call and set them up now because she was mentioning she was mentioning she had a hard time finding a contractor, and I haven't seen that finding people to do some homework mm-hmm. is still a challenge. But I'm guessing that it still is mm-hmm. um, for a while. Like I, w- I think I was lucky when I got my bathroom done. So that was 2021. Looks so good to your porn shower. A porn shower. I and like it. and Dana told me about the magic eraser and Dawn Power Wash and I scrubbed off all like the dry water. It looked brand new. Um but in 2021 people were waiting contractors Months. and whatnot were half of a year or more. So maybe if you have to get any of those people just make the calls now. I have so I have a guy. I'm going to I'm going to do the floors myself. So pray for me. What do you so is it? Uh, they just need to be sanded, but you have okay. fl- there's so much flooring that you're doing it with like a big machine mm-hmm. compared to like the handheld ones. Um, but I've seen an- I've done enough research on it where I feel like it could be done. Um, the painting um, we ha- already have a guy that's going to be doing that, so we have to pick mm. the paint color here soon. You could paint. I'm allergic to paint, even with a mask on. I mm. had an N95 on, and I still went to the hospital. I think that was before we met. You're a mess. I am just dramatic. I mean, you're. I, we should take My, a moment here and be thankful you're still alive. That nothing has <laughs> clipped you along. Peanut butter, paint, your lupus, My mental dad, health issues. My, so my mom will probably crack up from this, but my dad was notorious for making fun of my mom for always being sick. And so if I ever got sick, you're just like your mother. <laughs> and like, I feel like he's rolling over in his grave because of, me just always having like we had a uh we had a birthday party at work today we have monthly birthday parties and we had a birthday party at work today and it's always at noon and I was like why are we having a birthday party at noon like I haven't had my lunch yet I can't have cake and they're like what are you talking about I said if I have sugar before I have food it gives me acid reflux (laughs) like does anybody else not get acid reflux from sugar and on an empty stomach there's some I have to take Tums. 53 or 63 year old out there who has blood pressure that's like 110 over 68. They they can eat like Philip and not gain. Like somebody body swapped you. My And Thomas is outrageous because Thomas will literally feed himself for an entire week off of coffee drinks, Red Bull, snacks from the gas station, ho-hos and Twinkies, and like tortilla chips. He will not eat a meal for days in a row because he's just eating snacks. And I'm like, you, sir, your cholesterol, like all of these things are probably terrible. Goes to the doctor, clean bill of health. Me, high blood pressure, inflammation in my joints, like all of this stuff. 
stuff. And do I consume lots of sugar? No. Nope. Do I like try to eat healthy? Yes. Do I try to have a green with every meal? Yes, I do. And I'm still my terrible. my theory of people being genetically gifted, genetic genetically affluent. Usually, it comes it up when we talk factual. about like we usually we talk about what comes like physical appearance. Yeah. Or like weight gain, mm-hmm. things like that, metabolism. Mm-hmm. But it totally applies to um, inside as well. Like like those things. Like Thomas can just defy all these things. And you said snacks. Like some people would say that all I do is eat snacks. But none of the snacks that I eat did you name with Thomas. Like apples, apples and almonds. And nuts and stuff. Protein bars. Yeah. Yeah. No, not Thomas. Not even close. Well, make sure... Twinkies and ho-hos. Make sure whatever kid you make that kid gets the majority of his dna i i'm worried about our kids to begin with because he is a he'll feed the dogs under the table multiple times a day sunny is overweight as it is and he'll still slide her like a half a piece of pizza well he had no input on her dna on her dna he might on the on the kid that you pop out Can, can i bring that up um Yesterday, I was listening to a podcast talking about how, like, all the developed countries in the world, mm-hmm. um, the heavy hitters, are all, uh, the populations are getting older, mm-hmm. and we're not replacing appropriately. Yeah. Um, China has an issue. They've loosened, like, the, the the rule about how many kids you can have. I just read that South Korea has this this major issue where they were just cranking out kids for decades. All, all, it's funny to see all the countries that thrived during the 20th century kind of stumble backwards in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and you go well that's a that's a bad thing per se because the reason why a lot of this is is cultural norms have changed for the better and once again you fall into like the bullseye of all bullseyes of mm-hmm. millennials mm-hmm. like one of the major reasons why we are not churning out children the way we are is because Women are more forced in the workplace. Right. They've made their career. They've the the hallway opened so that they could be more important parts of the workplace instead of just at home in front of a stove, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that puts off baby making from the twenties um to middle mi- 30s. mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 fascinating to me because I, I have always been a there's too many people on the planet kind of person. Mm-hmm. But now I realize that we need to replenish population and the more people that we have, the better chance we have of having smarter people and evolving. Mm-hmm. So I need to re- reorganize that and go, there's too many shitty people on the planet. Uh, but we are like, are, it, it's it, to me, it is, it is intriguing to watch these countries that it's all we ever knew. China right. and Russia and England and the good Korea and Good they're, Korea. <laughs> they're it's like um it's like watching the Golden State Warriors. It's like watching the Dynasty Age. Shut up. Like lo, lo, we don't we don't say that name here. I I know, but don't say LeBron names. is a bad example because he has aged like no other athlete in it. Well, Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> these these countries that we learned about for history in school for so so long that dominated, and we thought there was nothing more than these than, than these countries are falling backwards for good reasons, but with potentially catastrophic results because um, in the same way that I tell you that you are the bullseye of all millennials, um, you are mixed, um, you got a white mom and a black dad, you are- My mother would kill you. She's mixed. She's she mixed, mixed. She's she visually is privileged, but yes. genetically um, she's- all The, the college debt- I was debt- say the N-word. <laughs> I didn't do it. With the, the um the college debt that you're gonna have to start paying back on in, oh in, in October. God. Like everything Ugh. that crippled the bullseye of millennials is you. I'll be the reverse of that because people are living longer mm-hmm. and it costs a lot of money to keep people alive. So when I'm like eighty seven and you're like seventy five if you make it that long, um, you're going to have to like keep me alive when people aren't like the country isn't set up to have a lot of people living that long. We'll live in a commune like we'll just be we'll have our own homes on the same plot of land. Um, uh, what was the uh, a kibbutz is what that's called in Israel. Is it? Oh, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Like I I'm, I was actually just having this conversation the other day as I was sharing with someone that we were closing on Monday and we know a home was a real goal for us because we couldn't have kids in our apartment 
But as we have accomplished this goal, we are still in that phase. And I'm like, I don't think we'll know until we have comfortably gotten into our home if we are if and when we're going to start trying to have kids. Even now, I, I mm-hmm. do love kids. I love love my nephews. There are times when I, Thomas and I are like, this is going to be great. I cannot wait. And then there's other times where we're like, how would we even function? And I know everyone says, oh, once it happens, you'll do it. Um, Duh, because I have no choice. But right now I have the choice. Right. And it's still, it's still like a real long conversation on, are we going to be a kid-free couple or are we going to choose to have a child? I still cannot give you that answer until we get into this next phase of our life comfortably, if that makes any sense. I have never desired children. The fact that you're contemplating it means that you're not like me. Yeah. But am, am, and, is something and, wrong with me, though? Because we're contemplating it, should no, that mean I no. don't? I shouldn't? I think people are, I think the people that have given you that very trite advice Mm -hmm. that when you're a good person you're a responsible person you'll be a good parent depends on who you ask apparently right (laughs) i mean there there are plenty of people who i see getting somebody pregnant or they are pregnant and i just kind of shake my head yeah you're your universe is away from that person and i believe the people that have given you that advice um and it won't be a a burden of responsibility Literally, your DNA will be rewritten, mm-hmm. and you. I'm sure there are plenty of people listening right now who who doubted their ability to be a good parent or a parent at mm-hmm. all, not because they couldn't conceive or whatever. Mm-hmm. That like I'm just not cut out for that. Like I never had a doubt. Like that's not me. Mm-hmm. But the contemplation, I think, is natural, and it will rewrite yours and even Thomas's DNA. Where right. if you choose to have a family. You'll be fantastic parents because you're you're decent human beings and you're responsible people. I just I I worry about the should I not be having to think about this this hard? The fact that I'm thinking about it as hard as I am for as many years as I have is that an indicator of maybe I shouldn't? I I don't I don't have the answer, but I do love kids. I love my nephews. I mean they're they're like kids now they're not babies but even when they were babies I was there weekly because I wanted to spend that much time with them so I do love kids and I would love to see a product of Thomas and I and I would love to be able to do that but just realistically I do have chronic illness realistically I I am in a higher position of leadership at my job there's more expected from me you know what I mean I just barely am making it financially to where we're just a little bit comfortable we're out of that we're getting close to out of that uh, monthly, okay, let's not spend this because we have to have this money last us for the rest of the week or until next week or something like that. And I want to be able to enjoy life with that. You know, I'm, I'm not kidding. I just planned my next trip to Scotland with Karis. Like we just talked and I said, okay, this is done now. This is when I'm going to get myself another vehicle. And then reasonably I can fly out to you for about two weeks on this day, <laughs> like in this month this season of this year so but if i have a kid i can't do that at least at least until they're a little older so i mean it those are like real life conversations but at the same time there is so much of me that does want it it's just i'm well aware of what that decision how that decision would change my life of the fears of how am I supposed to do this when I barely have enough energy to get through my weeks? You know what I mean? Like at the end of every week, it's like all of my tires are flat. So I can't imagine how it is. I really do have an appreciation for parents that work hard and work jobs and work hard and they're good parents. I see it. I learn from other people and I see the challenges that they have. And I see the, I know the wishes that the things that they wish they could do or that they can't do. I feel like I would be an idiot not to pay attention to that and take those things serious. I I still think a lot of your concerns will fall under the rewriting of your DNA. Right. Yeah. Um, you just talked about you know you're tired, you get fatigued um, more than the average person probably I before do. they 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 had mm-hmm. a kid, and I'm sure you've talking to. You've spoken to parents. Ask Bethany. Ah, Bethany might be a bad example. She, if she doesn't, ha- if she's ever tired, we don't know it. Um, <laughs> I do have a good Candace <laughs> story for you, though. Sweetie. Um, 
I've involved my doctors in this conversation. Like this is something I've taken all the way up to the medical level of let's talk about it. It's time to talk yeah. about it now. So. It's very it's very practical. Mm. Some of that I think you'll get beyond you. And because you will love this child, theoretical child so much, you'll power through that fatigue. Sure. Um, I have a high school friend, probably talk to him more than any other high school friends because whatever he and i would always talk sports and um is this the one that trolls you on social media sometimes there's a lot of those who would that be i forget the name it's a it's an interesting name of your culture is it maybe you mean like a jewish person Uh uh-huh i think what the hell was that i forget no no this is alan cohen but he's he is jewish (laughs) um He's Jewish and he good good for him. He's like not on social like he used to be. Um, although I'll tweet something and he's like he's like shadowy on Twitter. He'll oh. text me about mm-hmm. it. Um, he started cranking out kids and I'll have to show you his wife. Like they have been together since like ninth grade and she hasn't aged a goddamn day. Oh. It's it's pretty sickening. They have cute three boys and one girl. Oh my god. Um their oldest is like 14 their youngest is probably like five or six and he's the same he's the same age as i am and he's he would see a lot of my stuff and he'd be like i am i'm jealous yeah like, that's so cool that you could do that and even when i was younger this is probably even my in my early 30s before he had like all four kids yeah. i'd bounce back at him yeah but you have a lot of love in your in your life that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, you will have someone there to help you die. Mm. I mean, that is still in doubt for me. So it it's it's not even what you particularly want. There will always be trade offs. Sure. All right. It's and I think even to do a pros and cons list, like no kids, I can go visit Karis as much as I want. Mm-hmm. We can have a, a cadre of, of corgis. Mm-hmm. I can have the perfect house. We're not going to be able to afford a kid. Um, and even with all those things, there will be parts of you that wishes you were a parent. Conversely, yeah. if you were a parent and you gave all that stuff up, you'd be really disappointed if you I'm couldn't have visit. Fomo regardless. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it. I mean, and also for what it's worth, my I came up in a family like I have my immediate immediate family. So when, growing up in Cleveland, the family that was over for every birthday, every holiday, every event. My my father's side of the family all lived in Michigan, so we saw them once a year, maybe full of kids over there kids all the time popping out babies left and right my mother's side of the family who we spent the majority of the time with who i'm with all the time my immediate family my oldest brother does not have any kids and my his his wife does but they were adults but my oldest brother did not have kids with his wife my uncle who i was very close with did not have kids with his wife so they are those are two child-free marriages um my aunt had a daughter but other than that, my brother and I were it. So we grew up even in a family dynamic where kids weren't, it wasn't that, that like there's kids left and right. So you got used to it in some ways. So you hear that, Colin and Andrew? It's all up to you guys. <laughs> Everything is riding on you two. So don't let that bottle bounce into the street and go chasing and hit by a car. Those, those kids, they were rock climbing this week. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, their I, cousins. like I tell Belinda, only, only want us to survive. Like, is, I would. I love them so much. Sometimes I think about that, and I'm like, "Does anybody else think of that, or is it just me?" I don't know what I would do if something happened to my nephews. Even to this day, I don't know what I would. I and they're ju- not to say they're just my nephews, but I don't remember my aunts or uncles being this obsessed with me. Like I'm obsessed. I love them and all of their flaws so much. They will be ripping each other apart, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I love you so much." It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it's you you checked off a really big box in mm-hmm. your life. So it, it makes sense that your mind would wander to further contemplation of yeah. growing a family or whatever else could be next. Yeah, I and don't those think, are the big ones. I don't know if Thomas contemplates as much as I do. I think he's like, Yep, we're doing it. But then but then at the same time he's like, No, this is expensive. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can't find the story. I saw it today and I thought I would be able to pull it up pretty easily. Like record childcare costs. Yeah. Day daycare. I think Paul said two fifty a week. Like they kept bumping back when they were going to put Noel in daycare for that's... a variety of reasons. But so two fifty is thousand dollars a month. 
my girlfriend has two kids in daycare right now. They're neither of them. One's a baby and the other one is a toddler. So he's not old enough for pre-K or school. And she pays $3,000 a month. And she, it, she said it's not even a top of the line daycare. It's like mid-range. That's the other part of this population issue that we have. A lot of people probably closer, much closer to me than you. Like it's just too expensive to have a kid. Right. And People have to make the decision, I'm not going to work, I'll make less money, but my childcare will be me. And previous generations, not even that long ago, didn't have to make those kinds of decisions. And I I forget the stories that I've read, how and why the childcare costs got completely out of control. I don't know. I don't know either. Liabilities, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. But it, but it is a real thought. Like I said, I'm only, I'm. Depends on who you ask. I mean, Thomas doesn't agree with this, but I feel like we are just barely out of that phase financially where we are living paycheck to paycheck. So I kind of just want to enjoy it. Like I finally want a nicer car, you know, where I'm not having to buy a car multiple years used with X amount of miles on it. Maybe I'll get myself a brand new one. Like, you know what I mean? I think you should enjoy this honeymoon and the the time will, like me, I would, I would want to make a decision right away. Like now that I've checked that box, I'd be like, all right, but your, your brain doesn't work like mine in that regard. I think you will enjoy this time. And in that time, the decisions will be made for you. Right in your subconscious. Right, yeah. subconscious. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll keep you posted. But I am super excited to be a homeowner. Thanks to you, there's been so many people that have literally held me together because it was very emotional this process. Um, and I've talked about it a couple times, but everybody's been really supportive, and I'm I'm excited. By emotionally, I mean shitty, right? Yeah, it, it's been shitty, and I have not held it together. I think. Well, but I haven't done terrible either. <laughs> I, I think I'm just, I was, because everything just shocked the hell out of me. It was just a shock to the system. So, but we're here. Can we you, made it. Are you, are you comfortable giving the numbers, at least like the mortgage? Um, It's high. Our interest rate is just under 7%. Okay. Um, we're going to be spending almost $1,400 a month. Okay. Um. 30-year mortgage, right? 30-year mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, and unfortunately, this is not our home that we're going to be in forever. I mean, not, well... Never say never. I guess the kid part... No, no. This this is going to be a home that... It's our starter home. And I've said this since the beginning, since we started looking. I did not want to get a starter home, and I didn't feel like I had to. My arrogant ass at the time. I make decent money. I do well for my... We do well for ourselves, you know... I don't feel like I have to get a starter home. Um, I feel like I could get a home that we're going to be in for like a decade, and I could not. We could. We were just priced out of the price that we paid for the total price that we paid for this home. It two years ago, two three years ago, would have gotten Selenia. me correct. We talked about this two and a half years ago, correct? Like when we watched the market started to mm-hmm. skyrocket. Um, and I, you probably remember me saying then, like you can't think of this as a starter home. No, you can't buy us. Someone in your position can't buy what they think is a starter home because it's just too much now. You're yeah. spending too much money on that. So, well, so now I do have a starter home. I do have a home that we're going to be in for maybe five to seven years, um, depending on whatever our situation is. And then we'll upgrade, you know, we'll upgrade to something that is that we can enjoy more. That's my, that, not on a busy street. <laughs> best, best laid plans. Um, that's when we can get our, our compound. Compound. That sounds like we're the Jacksons. Go. Did they have a compound? Yeah, they had a Jackson. Uh, compound. compound. I think of the Kardashians um, in Calabasas. Mm, compound. I think of um, angry white men doing awful things. Sorry. And uh, yeah. Um, have you watched anything lately? I'm in a rut. Although Black Mirror is back today. Um, I have. I forgot about the new show that we started, The Idol. So I I need to catch up on that. No, I really haven't. I start. I re. I, I'm rewatching Outlander. Um, R.I.P. to Thomas because every single episode makes me feel like he is the worst because he's not like Jamie. Um, <laughs> so sorry. Um, so I'm rewatching Outlander because there's a new season that's coming out um, tomorrow. A new this season six or something. Um, so no, I'm just I've just been watching that and spending between that and on patrol live. <laughs> like I haven't spent any time on shows. I did watch Never Have I Ever. I haven't finished it yet, but um I'm enjoying out just binging 
Outlander and I'm literally ignoring everything else until I'm ready. I think, um, I know I'm terrible. I'm, this is terrible of me. I'm waiting. I'm holding off on the good stuff until I get into my home because I feel like I'll enjoy it that much more. What's the good stuff? Um, The Idol. I haven't really watched The Idol. It's I, only been two episodes, I think. I know. I didn't. I mean, never have I ever is good stuff for me and I haven't really watched a ton of it because I will binge stuff. Um, but no, I haven't really watched a ton of other stuff. I love On Patrol Live with Sergeant McCle- McClendon and the other, uh, shout out to Toledo Police, and the other cities. I love that. That's great. It's fun. I, I've i talked about this. Things have come. There, there's been a couple of times where I was like, I wonder if, and we do the podcast less because you have more to do. I have more to I do. I hate that. Ah, it's it's fine. You no, know, it's not fine. It's always been the rule. If there's nothing to talk about, we're not going to waste anybody's time. But I have wondered, because for the first 18 months of this, for the most part, there's a lot of serious shit to talk about. And yeah. and the stories just kind of like fell into our lap. And there hasn't been as much of that lately, which is which is fine. Like, it, it pleases me. In fact, I was thinking the other day, just stop fucking indicting him. No, no, no. I find I listened to the um the daily yesterday twice to catch up on what's going on because I I'm like, "All right, Alex, like pay attention. You have separated yourself from anything national media related for a while. Why don't you turn on the TV, listen to a, a podcast or something and pay attention?" Um no, indict him. No. The description of the things that he had, I mean, it's terrible. His boxes look like my Transformers from stacked someone up. That put the, from someone that made the entire 2016 campaign about emails, right? Which are just as bad. I'm not saying, like, let's ignore this. If, this, if he gets indicted for this, then the statute of limitations for Hillary should be reopened or whatever we want to call it. I don't know. You get what I'm saying. Um so I'm not saying that that was good either, but for someone that made their entire 2016 campaign from 2014 to 2016, we had to hear about those damn emails every step of the way and still have to hear about it to this day. This is terrible. This is terrible. It you is. get what you get. You but get he, what you get and I hope you I hope you get nailed to the wall. He's a but even if he was, he would still get an unbelievable amount of presidential votes. Oh my gosh. He he as I believe now since he has been out of office. He is the troll of all trolls, and when you ignore them, they go away. That That's never going to happen, because I know. his supporters, like for the people that don't like him, if you ignore him, it'll go away, but because he is playing to the people that support him. Right. But that's why I'm saying, if he wasn't indicted- They're never going to ignore him. If he wasn't indicted, he wouldn't have to talk about being persecuted, and they're out to get him. You know who I feel bad he, for? I feel bad for the Republican candidates that are surfacing, that are that are announcing that they're running for president, that are just getting their campaign started, knowing that Trump is already beginning his campaign against Biden. He's not even trying to like campaign against oh. his opponents. He has skipped over all of them and is like, listen, I got this in the bag. You all are wasting your time. Biden and his justice system is coming after me. You know what I mean? Like that to me, that's what it looks like. He has not even cared because in 2016, I mean, everybody was being insulted. Chris Christie, everybody, he was coming after everybody. He doesn't give a shit who, he, who the Republican candidates are right now. I think because he's just rallying his yeah, base, the sure. people that like him. And, and I don't think he has campaigned against Biden per se. Oh, I think he has. I don't think so because I I don't think he has any angle to do that because the country hasn't has been in decent shape. As you noticed, and I, I want to get like, I don't know, 38% credit. There's no recession. <laughs> I mean, some people have been in one, mm-hmm. but we're not going to wind up in a really nasty one. The country is in a good place, so he can't attack Biden for anything specific. He can attack Merrick Garland and all this other stuff. I know. I think this is going to be his angle. I think that this indictment coming at the hands of Joe Biden's Department of Justice is going to be his angle. That is going to be what he campaigns on to rile his base against Joe Biden, pull support to him to get him as that nominee again. But there's not enough while those people are rabid capital attackers, there's not enough of them. I think you'd be surprised. There's not enough of them to win a presidential election because there's enough people 
who still have some common sense and go, the country's fine. Like, okay, fine. If you think the government's coming after you, fine. That's not enough for me to vote for you because things are okay. I completely disagree. Only because every step of the way where where I have thought that, it has failed. I never even thought he was going to make it to the seat of the president, and he did. I, I was the same, and he has forever changed things. Sure. But it, it is different now because... Generally speaking, so much good has happened since um, since the 2020 election. And the ri- From your perspective. Well, I said generally speaking. Mm. The recession didn't happen. We threw a lot of these rioters in jail. More and more people have been embarrassed. There there has been enough people, enough, sycophant, enough potential sycophants of Trump who before felt they had to side with him because they were Republicans, but it ate their soul. I think some of those people have had their come to Jesus, and there will be few. There will be some, but there will be fewer of them this time around. Now, I, I reserve the right to, to, to change that because we're still we're a year and a half no, out. No, you get no rights to change that. You the, said what you said. He he changed things forever, but and I'm not saying sanity has returned, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's always about the economy. Stupid. I. I truly feel like there is still a large amount of people that if they have the opportunity again to vote for Trump or Joe Biden, they will go Trump. And I think that there is a a significant amount of people. There is such a large amount of cognitive dissonance in the United States right now that it's still it's going to continue. I'm looking the other way. I don't see what you're seeing. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a witch hunt. Never mind the fact that there's literally documents in his bathroom on our nuclear information and that of other countries in his bathroom in in a room with a where where he poops like what kind of weird shit is that and i'm not saying that any other politician so whoever else out there has confidential documents in your home you better get them out now because everybody's going to come under the lens everybody he's one thing but i think people that had associated themselves with him have felt the lashings of a whip and I don't think that's gone unnoticed but I think even some so some of the Republican candidates that have associated them Nikki Haley she's already made a comment or two about pardoning him if she becomes president the the uh the she other might be she might be trying to appeal to his supporters I mean they are 100 percent 100 they're they're literally running against him as a candidate and they're afraid they're to make any comment about the well, the bad behavior and there is one variable that is different from the last two elections. Mm-hmm. And I know this because he was on TV. All, I practically thought he was my governor. He was because New Jersey is 10 minutes from any direction of where I lived. Um, Chris Christie knows he is cannon fodder. So he is going to be so bludgeoned and so bloodied, but he is going to... Get into a bare knuckle fight, and he is the only one in all this time, not 2016, because he's learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. He is the only one who can fight like Donald Trump. You think so? I thought fa- you don't think Ron DeSantis can. No. <laughs> Why? Chris Christie is a Repub- was a Republican in New Jersey, a very Democratic state, True. and he ran that as a governor. Not either I way. Got you. He is a pugnacious Jersey guy, which, look, a pugnacious New Yorker won the presidential election and almost won a a second time. There is no... Ron DeSantis is too refined and careful, and he tries to be tactical, but he's not because Disney keeps whooping his ass. Damn idiot. I know. (laughs) Chris Christie is cannon fodder but he he will be a zombie hmm. he will just keep getting up because he doesn't care because he has the goods and he knows how to fight like trump it'll it'll be interesting mike pence has submitted papers to enter the race it will it, it's going to be interesting um i just truly feel like it's going to come it's going to be a repeat of 2016 no 2020 it's going to be a repeat of 2020 again and um I think we should ha- all have true concerns that there's going to be enough people that are willing to look the other way just so they don't have to see Joe Biden trip up the stairs again, which is ridiculous because but, they're unwilling to 
to agree with the point that you're making. They're unwilling to see things as they are. That's that cognitive dissonance piece. You'll never convince those people, and I know that. Exactly, and there's enough of them. But I think much like the people that won him the election in 2016, the people that were unaccounted for, Mm-hmm. The undecided, mm-hmm. the people who would oscillate between Democrat and Republican, Democrats who would vote for Republicans mm-hmm. like a Reagan, Republicans who would vote for a Clinton. Those people weren't counted real well in 2016. And I think those people are the ones that don't want to go near the slime of he and his people. And True. they're more calculating this time. The only way that we can avoid all of this is if Joe Biden puts Stacey Abrams on his campaign. Uh, because the lo- the work that they did in states like Georgia to turn those votes around, to flip those states. I mean, there the only difference is there were, in the midterms, the amount of people that came out of the woodwork to vote, to push the polls the way that they needed to go. If we do that, then it will be different. Before we got into this, I wanted to talk know, about like important things. There was a lot of things. politics about from us. Yeah, the, that was strange. I, I enjoyed it, but um, I had asked around, and I got the sense, and it's always how you hear it, how it's reported, and things like there. that. I have my criticisms or observations about local news at this time and how how it's changing. But, and this is not to go back to the mayor's state of the city speech where. We were like uh, an entire February without a murder. And then within two weeks, it's like he jinxed it. Things are calmer now when it comes to crime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know everybody who gets the chance will say that the, the interrupter stuff and the Louisville people coming in, whatever they're called, it, it's just not going to work. And I don't want to cr- credit myself too much from three years ago when I was like, when the COVID stuff calms down, everything will recede because we're in a bad place Mm -hmm. right now. There's some really more scary data about teen suicides and Mm -hmm. homicides, Mm -hmm. a a very stark line that it's harder than ever for a kid to become an adult because they might not make it to that age. But do you get the sense that at least around here, things are not as grim or wild, wild west as they were six months or a year ago? I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to say that or not, because I do still see every day one person shot, two people shot. Midday, there was a shooting at Westgate at the Starbucks, uh, like what, two days ago? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. Um, I don't know if we ever can. Maybe we've just gotten too numb to stuff like that. Oh, there's a shooting at at Westgate. Mm -hmm. And then the people went, that's very possible. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I will tell you this from... There had been inroads made in the communities of stress um, where I think some of the people who live in those communities who look like the people causing the problems now know that there are people trying to help them, whether it's the city, whether it's the police, whether it's people who live where we live. Mm -hmm. I think they, they, they are no longer feeling so isolated on an island surrounded by murder, blood, and crime. I do also think that the folks that might be susceptible to committing crimes, especially the young people, there are a growing number of people that aren't looking the other way anymore and they're more willing to speak up about it. And, and so, I mean, you may be more likely to be caught because there is more general community opinions leading to this is horrible. This is, you know what I mean? This is no way to live. I can't, like our youth, I can't believe this is happening. I feel like there are more aggressive opinions against all of the violence that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so... Because it became a topic. And you can't, right. And you, and it's a big topic and it continues to be the leading topic. And so being somebody that is willing to participate in said violence, there's a bigger target. There's going to be a, a, an easier target on your back or, and, or like thinking about, do I really want to do this? Like this isn't, this isn't the way to go. It's causing a lot of harm. I don't know. I would hope that that's how, um, people are thinking. I don't know. Maybe it being a topic is, is helping. I've been disappointed that the city seemingly has had has not had more success not necessarily with the crime but you holistically speaking with their communication there's a lot of messages and but i i mm-hmm. pulled back from that and Shall i just wait. look at the scope of the who's like the andre tiggs the mm-hmm. fact that the nami walk was half black yes um 
uh, all the things, all the people that showed up to Wendy Hunt, Huntley's luncheon a couple of weeks ago. Um, it doesn't seem like there's one place that's that's the solution. But we, to your point mm-hmm. of people are now aware of this, they want to do something about it. And those are, you're just talking about your regular citizens. Mm-hmm. But there are people like you and I and the Wendy's of the mm-hmm. world who have influence and have touch points. And there's so many of them. You got to hope that these many hands make for success. You know, one of the things I really enjoy, like when we're doing suicide prevention work or we're doing mental health education in the community and we are targeting your average community member in those neighborhoods and we talk about hopelessness and despair can cause people to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. That is a concern for mental health. And it like, there's like a light bulb that goes off in their head because I never thought about it that way. Exactly. We need to be focusing on this, this, and this because it could be a solution to this. Um, I always love having those conversations and seeing the light bulbs go off in people's heads. I am... I am relatively supportive of the city. I enjoy the mayor. I think he's a great guy. Um, I would say I've been a little bit disappointed in them not being willing to let some of their investments play out. The point of an investment is that you will get a return, but not right away. And I feel like, of course, violence has been an increase, has been the topic of convert the number one the number two topic of conversation in our city for quite some time but you have to let these investments that you're making in people and in programs work themselves out and i don't think we're doing that enough and i feel like we make ourselves look really bad not we because i'm not a part of the city from someone like me the city can't make up their mind on what they want to do here. Oh. And I feel like it makes the overall goal has been the same. With all the interrupted, I know what you're talking but about. But you make yourselves look kind of bad because you, from someone like me, I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? Now, I will say all that to say the new director of their program, Malcolm Cunningham, is wonderful. I enjoy him very much. I think he is the perfect person to have in this position. But I thought the same thing about David Bush, who's still there. I thought the same thing about Angel Tucker and Chief Bird. Um, uh, I enjoyed Juwan. I don't really know what happened with that. But there's so many moving parts. And we are, our city, our like community members like to criticize. Why would you give them more things to criticize? You have to. I, I think the pressure to see results especially when something good is happening in this case the results will not necessarily be obvious it's the lack of something happening but i think the pressure caused the patience to go away thus the continual wheel spinning and i I think we have almost gotten it to the to the point now to come back to where we started this we went through so many people so many ideas that inevitably again as things eased and I saw that suicide data I referenced uh, from the kids from 2021. 2022 was the year where we got out of COVID, Mm -hmm. where we escaped a once in a lifetime thing in a historic amount of time. Um, And I think that time, healing a lot of wounds, has eased up on a lot of people. So there is just a little bit less hopelessness and despair. But the people that are still in that and have always Mm -hmm. been in that, now they have no fear. I guess, and maybe my perspective is different because I started and and operated a program that didn't exist in the state that was meant to curb mental health numbers. So I know what it's like to create a program to solve a problem. It took me four, five years to show success, to show data that proved its success. And so I understand there's public uh, pressure, but it's important that you don't lead from the pressure of the public and you find a way to communicate to the public effectively. And I, again, I'm criticizing from a place of love because I do love the city of Toledo. I am in full support of Malcolm. I was in full support of who else was there. I really enjoy our mayor. So I, I'm only criticizing from a place, from a community member that, that wants to see the city do good things and accomplish the goals yeah. that they have set out to accomplish. I just feel like they're doing themselves a disservice by leading from a place of not wanting to feel the pressure. You're going to feel the pressure. You have to look past it. Keep working on the goal. I, I agree. I'm, I'm. It's a lot like... Um, when you're in the crucible of people dying and mm-hmm. people thinking that there's complete and total lawlessness, it kind of 
becomes analogous to professional right. coaches and managers. Mm-hmm. Um, we, the manager knows that you just need like six more weeks for mm-hmm. this thing to turn around. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to fire the manager to make it turn around right then and now because you have paying fans as here you have citizens. And I don't know, you know better than me, who's done the best work of all of those people that you named. But from my perspective, which again is not as informed as yours in many ways, is they just cycle through enough people to buy us enough time to where things have calmed down because life has gotten better than it was sure. three and two years ago. And, and and I'm someone that has spent significant amounts of time with the interrupters in the city, with the directors of the interrupters and of those programs with Malcolm like I guess I do know a little bit more than your average community member you do so I, I just that's why I'm, I always say my opinion with love but I just I, w- I want to see the city respond in a way that's different um, because you're not going to get you're not going to please everybody uh, let's wrap up I feel like this was like a hot take. Like we were like Skip Bayless and Shannon. What's his name? Shannon Sharp. You know he's leaving that show. I saw that. Wow. Mo- I think mostly over the Demar Hamlin thing uh, and how they were interacting with each other. Yeah, I guess what Skip said. We got to play the game. He started insulting it, him. It means something for the playoffs, and yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. know. How- he called him a bad player. Said he was. You were never as good as him. And he's like, "Why you gotta attack me personally, Skip?" Somebody made a somebody made a neat video the other day because it's like, who is going to replace? Because only so many people can do this. Because you've got to have somebody that can spar with Skip Bayless. You know it can't favorite. just be a punching bag. So somebody edited Skip arguing Skip, and that's probably the only solution they can do. My favorite GIF or GIF is Shannon Sharp going. Yeah. I love that. It's my favorite where he's just skip. Shake, Can, shaking his head. Skip. 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 His No, his, skip. His his uh his southern draw with the elongated vowels. Skip. Skip. <laughs> he's got so much personality. I love it. I hate those shows. I don't watch them often, but I know about them. Yeah. Do you like Stephen A. Smith? I do. Ish. He he he, I don't know how he does this, but he does that is whatever that show is called. He has a radio show, and then uh, he does he has his own podcast, which I guess he cranks out like three times. I don't know how he must sleep three hours a day. No, he just fills his he has eight hour workdays like everybody else, and just fills all that in them those eight hours. I saw that Ryan Seacrest might take over for Pat Sajak. What? You're joking? Not. No. Uh, I don't know. I don't watch those shows anymore. Mayim Bialik sucks as a Jeopardy host. Yeah, I and mean, you lost me after you skipped over LeVar Burton for Mayim. Ken, what's his, Ken Jennings mm-hmm. sounds too rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll loosen out of this, but she's awful. <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah, no, I don't watch any of those shows. I'm stuck on Outlander. I just finished Succession. I haven't had anything since then. Um, okay, we're done. Bye-bye.